This is another episode of Flavor in Your Ear Podcast. A podcast about damn near any and every topic with no filter and zero regard for the easily offended. Everything you say upsets somebody. Please welcome the man behind the madness. The most important person with all due respect. Let's go! Your host and audio flavor maestro. My man. Marquise Edwards. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. We are back with another episode of Flavor in Your Ear podcast. And of course, as I always do, I find special guests who I feel have some type of message, life story experience that can help all of us out there because life is, you know, life is life. You know, it's so many experiences. That's what teaches us the most. Right. So I feel like I have a good one today. And he's very Man, very energetic, spirited, you know, funny. And I didn't and we didn't do a normal green room session about five or ten minutes. It was like two minutes. And I'm like, okay. He made he made me energized because he's in New Zealand, by the way, and I'm in Italy. And it's late for me, it's early for him. And he just got me so energized just on his his spirit and his attitude. And I'm really excited to have him on the show today. So let it, let everybody know uh you're there, Steven, so when I'm talking to myself. <laughs> so just uh Hello. Hello. <laughs> That's right. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. I'm Stefan Neff, and I'm absolutely honored to be on your show, my kids. It is, uh, life is too short. Let's live with passion. And in order to do so, we need to talk about uh, our our past and the darkness that we have been through, because only when you have been in the darkness, you appreciate the light. So therefore, people like you and me, we are we are going out there to make this world a little bit better, one interview at a time. And for that, I'm very grateful that you provide this this platform. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And one thing that you said um, that kind of resonates to me, you said one interview at a time. And that's how I go about podcasting my guests. Um, one interview, one conversation. If one listener, you know, can be affected, I feel like that's a that's a victory. So, exactly. thank you for yeah, thank you for your outlook, and uh, let's get into it. So, ah, let's talk a little bit about you, just you know, about your life in general. Um, how'd you grow? How'd you grow up? Uh, where'd you grow up? You know, just let's talk about the human you. Uh, the human me. <laughs> the human you. You're, super, you're a superhero now. The human you. <laughs> well, oh God, I wouldn't call myself superhero. Uh, that's the problem. My my own core beliefs tell me so many other things: imposter, failure, etc. So to be called a superhero, oh no, 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 no. But okay, coming back to your question. Once upon a time when a woman and a man love each other very, very, very much. <laughs> you, you know what comes next. So 1966, <laughs> born in Germany um, and born in the American sector uh, of Germany. So I was. Uh, it was a, a, actually a very beautiful time um, the, in the sense of um, the... The world was was very different compared with nowadays. There was, I think, more, more safety and security around, at least as far as stability worldwide is concerned. Keeping in mind, we are now 2022 and we've got mm-hmm. Ukraine and China and everything else. Then it was 
very hardcore. There is the Eastern Bloc, there is the there is NATO, and Germany is in the middle. So you know, but whatever happens, we are ground zero. So you know, that was it. So I was I was brought up in in uh, in an environment in Germany where it was quite fatalistic. So people actually then focused on their life rather than on on world history. So my mom uh, and my dad. Uh, at early stage were a lot of rows uh, a lot of it was not a great family home and I guess that unfortunately left uh, left quite a few scarves um, in me without me ever knowing down the line until way down the line um, I grew up and on the poorer side of town or we didn't have any money so maybe I'm quite proud of that because it made me work so much harder for what I got today and I appreciate maybe all my wealth and all those things that I have created maybe in a different way had I not been brought up in not such nice circumstances um, but still it was sort of lower middle class and it was it was okay-ish I guess until it was sort of around eight, uh, age 13 I ended up wrong place, wrong time, and I was involved in a gang assault. So a gang had fun with me and beat me up just because they could. And that changed my life forever. Um, I was uh, 13, sort of 70s, basically, and no one knew about PTSD, or if they knew, they didn't give any damn about it. I certainly did not have any support or anything like that. So therefore, I ended up... Um, shaken, very shaken, very uh, brutalized, so to speak, um, uh, victimized. And within a month, I was standing the first time in a dojo with the, the German police and started training uh, the German versions of martial arts, so jiu-jitsu. And it was a life changer. The, I started to become no longer the victim, but actually that mean lean fighting machine as you sort of would say and that was my life for the next five years going to school uh, and then training two four hours a day uh, with no psychological support meanwhile my parents had divorced uh, there were no role models in my life and so unfortunately the the role models of the 80s like lethal weapon mel gibson and bruce willis and die hard yeah. these became my anti-heroes my okay that's how you wake up that's how you are okay i can do that <laughs> so yeah. i became that kind of a dude very 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 dark a uh, very dark time um constantly the, the whole gamut of PTSD, hypervigilance, uh, flashbacks, the, the constant awareness around you. And you, you can't do that uh, 24-7. Well, I did it. And then, but having said that, I, mean, I finished school. I became quite good in school. I finished best at school. And therefore, I could choose where to go. So I studied medicine in Germany. And then the magic happens, and I suddenly found that the gang leader who I uh, brought to jail and who had sworn to kill me on his release, I realized I've moved towns. This guy will never, ever find me. I also figured out that there is alcohol in this world, and alcohol was suddenly switching off the darkness, and it was, it was made me laugh. So the first time for a long time I loved and coinciding with that was this this discovery that there are 
women out there, women, very beautiful women, um, who you can talk to and do other things with. And that mm -hmm. is all fun. So this, this, this change in university was like light and day compared with the darkness and the suffering that I had. But alcohol was instrumental in me coming out of my shell. And so therefore I embraced that alcohol as if it was my new closest friend. So here I was um, a pretty broken being, actually, by my today's standards and core belief. But I made the best out of it. And alcohol was a good friend. I mean, it helped me in so many ways. To start off with, it was uh, it was beautiful. I had a really good life. I, I had some really good friends. Uh, I had quite a, a, a beautiful, wild party life um, with where where we all... Uh, enjoyed our sexuality, our freedom away from home, our all those kind of beautiful things. Uh, there were very few negative things there, and it was it was beautiful. No, it was a good time. But guess what? I had never learned to deal with negative emotions. I'd never learned to to challenge my core beliefs. Um, I was basically uh, such a uh, a victim to my primitive brains. It was no longer mm -hmm. funny. I was triggered by everything. And at that time, I was not angry yet. The anger and the resentment and the negative emotions, they came much stronger later. Because guess what? Um, only because you found a temporary relief of alcohol doesn't mean to mm. say that uh, that life does not continue to serve you shit sandwiches. And there you go, more and more trauma and more. Right. And then when you thought you've done it all, then it brings you even a double helping of crap in your life. Mm -hmm. So maybe I, in all fairness, I probably had a bit more shit happening to me than maybe other lives. But this is not a pissing mm -hmm. contest, as I keep saying that right. trauma, right. trauma comes in all shapes and forms. And uh, it is unfortunately so many people um, have not learned how to deal with trauma, maybe in a more productive way, and accept it and accept the the flow on effects of trauma, i.e., the anxiety, the waves that that wash over you, or the wave of low mood that is part and parcel, maybe of a of a trauma response, of a healthy trauma response. Yet here mm -hmm. we are, we are trying to push away from all those negative emotions. We are trying to combat them immediately. And in all fairness, I mean, if you look at how we brought, get brought up in Western society, you fall over and you start crying. The first thing they shove in your mouth is something sweet. Here, have a lolly. Um, so you immediately uh, integrate pain and give me a sugar fix. Ooh, yeah. So pain, sugar fix, pain, sugar fix. That works well. Mm. And then mm -hmm. later, there's mm -hmm. no sugar fix. Well, maybe pain, alcohol, pain, alcohol. Ooh, that works just as well. Oh, what a bullshit. Instead of actually a mum sitting down with the child and hugging him and, and say, yeah, it hurts when you scrape your knee, isn't it? But you know what? Mm -hmm. That's normal. That's normal. Let's sit, just sit together and, and let's actually spend some time together. Um, I never had that response. So I always went for the quick fix. And in my case, that was the alcohol. It worked really, really well for me um, for a short period of time. But guess what? Mm -hmm. The trauma is not going away. Um, right. Certainly not those kinds of trauma that I uh, I was exposed to. So weird times, weird weird times. 
So from alcohol became my best friend and then it became actually down the line my worst enemy because it is I mm. only relied on it. And with more and more uh, trauma came more and more negative emotions. And, and mm. depression mainly was, uh, was anger and resentment. I mm-hmm. was a very angry man. And it was, yeah, I, I wasn't probably a nice person to be around. Uh, yet at the same token, the only thing that I truly wanted is someone to take me in, in his or her arms and say, hey man, it's going to be all right. And mm-hmm. I wanted love, yet my behavior was so counterproductive. I want respect. You must show me your love. And if you don't, right. and it's just, yeah, it doesn't right. work. Right. It does it. No. Yeah. Only, no. only later did I realize that. So it was an absolute bullshit life I led. Uh, at the same token, I was high functioning. Um, I was truly a high functioning alcoholic. Means I kept the job. I was actually quite good in my job. I could have been so much better. Certainly so much kinder and so much. Um, I don't know. You're probably you're probably not at your best when you've got a raging headache and a hangover in the morning. That's just a given, man. That's um, true. Yeah. That was my life. So no, it was it was weird. Weird times. Um I uh it is I'm so glad that I finally came to a point where I could not go lower. I was lucky I, I, there was never a, a brush with law. I always had a high respect for law. Um, so no, I never did anything silly. Um, but mean, I mean, as, as addicts, there are only three outcomes. It's either rehab or it's death or it's jail. These are the three outcomes for an addict. End of story. Uh, some of mm. us are faster than others, but that's about it. And for me, my wife, Ultimately, um, one day she stopped fighting with me and instead showed me love and that completely disarmed me. And on that mm. morning, she said, look, we love you a lot. And Friday morning, that was a Wednesday morning, Friday morning, uh, we're driving up to Auckland and you're going to be for four weeks in a rehab hospital and we're going to help you with your alcohol and we'll take it from there and we love you and don't worry about your clinics and your work i've spoken to your boss everything is cancelled um all your commitments are dealt with you don't need to worry and now just get better and the way she said that on that morning she completely disarmed me with love and i think that is one of the key things for those of you who are living with an addict out there hate the addiction love the addict I think that is the key thing. And it's the same mm-hmm. with mental health problems. Hate the mental health problem. Love the the sufferer or the beginning survivor or hopefully soon the thriver um out of out of the darkness. Because I mean I'm going right now through it. My wife is going through menopause and she has got uh, mood swings from hell. I mean, yesterday there was honestly she she had to to polish her hooves and file off her horns uh, in order to look more human. That was about mm-hmm. her her uh, she was evil, 
and oh. <laughs> within within twenty minutes she came down and apologized to me and and, and but it was you still have to go through so mm-hmm. and she really hurt me but i I knew this was this was just so bizarre I mean this was so mm-hmm. bad that mm-hmm. I just looked at her and i got didn't even get triggered normally her anger triggers me a million miles and I get angry this time mm-hmm. it was my goodness, what the hell? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. so these kind of things continue. But I mean, nowadays I have got the insight to see what is happening because guess what? I didn't have insight into my emotions for the better part of 45 years. And then mm. I went into rehab. And then the first week is hard because you, you get dry or you get whatever your poison is. You deal with the, mm. with coming off that poison. And then, the next three, four weeks, in my case, as an inpatient, then that's where you learn about these pesky little things called emotions and mm. core beliefs and all those kind of things that really drive you. And mm-hmm. boy, was I in for a ride. <laughs> but, it was, but it was gorgeous. It was painful. It was weird. It was, oh, my God, because you don't have alcohol anymore. There's no more crutch to lean on. And mm-hmm. they don't allow you to immediately jump to another poison, maybe some pills or some some I don't know gambling or watch watch porn or whatever it is. Well, no, you mm-hmm. can't do that when you're in rehab. So therefore, you actually have to deal with what is really happening inside of you, where it all came from, what are the implications, and and it's basically you have got a super massive big onion. And you start on the first layer. You just peel that onion layer by layer. And the first layer comes off and you think, oh, my God, that's quite a bit rotten there. We need to deal with that. And that's your healing. So you start, your your trauma comes in layers. And guess what? Your healing comes in layers too. So therefore, mm. if you guys, if you're listening to say, wow, great, I'm listening to Stefan because he gives me that quick fix. He gives me that, that, hey. I can, you know, if I just do that, then I'm going to be just fine. Guess what? <laughs> doesn't work like that. Healing doesn't work like that. <laughs> it's a process. He- yeah, exactly. And healing, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever the, the causes, whatever the, 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 the chameleon of depression or anxiety, however these, these chameleons look for you and whatever ever they, they, uh, they have caused in you, and, uh, it will be your unique journey. But that whilst it is unique for you, there are still similarities. So you, you don't just need to switch off now. The, the, broadcast, the podcast, <laughs> maybe what I'm saying will apply to you as well, regardless of what does, what's the color of your skin, what your religious or your, your sexual preferences. It doesn't matter. Um, there is still the same the same kind of lessons, I guess, and the same kind of of hard knock school that we have to go through and have to 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 work through. And that is the beautiful thing. So guys, already I give you a, a, a heads up. This is the most exciting journey you've ever been on. Forget mm-hmm. bungee jumping or paragliding or any kind of adrenaline sports. Nothing is more scary than actually exploring the demons in your soul and mm. doing so and being victorious, being actually mm. putting those demons behind bars or putting them to bed and turning them into little little kittens. This journey of discovery is mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing, and it is so beautiful. 
I was referring to my wife earlier with regards to her right now postnatal uh, nine um uh menopause sorry I was lacking the word mm. uh, in the past she was equally a very broken woman um with a lot of trauma and she was whoa what a bitch she could be an <laughs> absolute evil witch and we had wars that made the third world war look like children's play um mm. we had we had fights between the two of us about but when i came home from rehab again we were standing in the kitchen we triggered each other in some way and within three four sentences we were again ready squared off against each other ready to rip each other's head off and suddenly mm. it was like an out-of-body experience I literally just stood there and my eyes sort of, or maybe me, my ghost, whatever, moved out of my body to about sort of 45 degrees right and 45 degrees up and looked down at the both of us and mm. observed what was happening. And in that moment, there was still the link between that my, my, my camera up there and my head and I had a message what a bullshit what the mm -hmm. heck what are we doing here and instead of keeping fighting i just shut up and my, my my face must have changed because my wife had no idea what was happening never had happened before so she just looked at me stunned and i said look um let me just go out of the room for a moment i'll be back shortly and she had no clue what was happening so i just walked out and i don't know how long i was out and i came back in And we started to talk. And that had never happened before. That emotional awareness, that emotional um, acceptance, that these, however, what was that by then, 15 years, 18 years of marriage, um, that was mm -hmm. that we'd done so much, that we created so much trauma ourselves, by the way mm -hmm. that we hurt, like, like hurt animals, like that the way we behaved, it was pure reflex. Um, but not reflex to something meaningful, but the way she rolled her eyes triggered me 100%. And still to, to this day, it triggers me. So sometimes when we are discussing things, I close my eyes on purpose because I don't <laughs> want to get triggered. And I say, okay, I mean, why do you close your eyes? Because you trigger me. But I, I want to hear what you're saying. So please mm -hmm. tell me what you're saying because it might be really good constructive criticism. Or it might be bullshit, whatever it is. Um, I, I don't want to be triggered. I want to want to listen to you. Uh, right. And this kind of emotional awareness, uh, that was beautiful. And I never had that in my life until uh, I learned about those links in my recovery. So um, going into rehab, I believe, should be mandatory for every 16-year-old. Um, a month of rehab. Do exactly what I did in rehab. Um, it's so beautiful because you learn so much about yourself. You learn so much about core beliefs. Awesome. I'm going to say mm -hmm. core beliefs are those things that you take for granted. These are the, the, the programs that run in your head, which then result in your emotions and the emotions mm -hmm. then result in your actions. So you, it's quite nice to say, no, 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 I hate those emotions and I hate them and I don't want those emotions. 
well, guess what? It's like when you're swimming in the sea and, and there's a big wave coming. And you can say, I don't like this wave. Go away, wave. <laughs> guess what? That wave keeps coming. Go away. The wave doesn't care. It's the same with the wave of neurochemicals that wash over you. So you might as well learn either to dive through that wave or surf that wave. The wave will be there. It will come and it will go just as much as the sun rises and sets. That's a given. Also, your emotions, the waves of emotions will come and go. So that's the first lesson I had to learn. But then I had to figure out, hang on, why do I get these emotions? And that's when I came to the core beliefs. So when you have got a core belief that you're a failure, then mm. regardless what you do in your life, you will always be a failure. I'll give you an example. I loved to do to-do lists. So I my to-do lists were about, I don't know, a page long. And no sane man, not, no superhuman could possibly do this to-do list in a week, leave alone in a day. So mm. therefore, by definition, I was a failure. Because no, mm. no way could I achieve all that. Therefore, I proved to myself, see, a self-fulfilling prophecy, I'm a failure. What mm. a bullshit that is. What a crap. And right. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I have for many years, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, I woke up and had the best of Stefan or the worst of Stefan. Everything I had done wrong in the last 35 years uh, was played in front of me. How I looked at a woman, how I made a woman cry. I was quite, I became quite a womanizer, uh, unfortunately. So, um, I, I was really sort of a butterfly and, uh, it was all about a conquest. And once I, once I had conquered, then I moved on. And so, uh, it was what it was and uh, not a nice man with hindsight and certainly very different to the core beliefs that I've got now, but. It was what it was then. So therefore, I caused quite a few tears. So I remember every single one at three o'clock in the morning. And it basically set me up to say, look, what a, what a, what a failure you are. What a, what a bad person you are. You don't deserve to be happy. You don't deserve to be, to be whatever it is that, that I wanted positively out of my, my life. And it's those kind of things. If you don't address those core beliefs, then you will never get your shit together because you will only, mm. you know, the power of positive thinking. Well, guess what? You can only positively think for so long and only when you're right. actively thinking about it. But the moment right. you, you, you stop actively thinking about it, well, then guess what? Those core beliefs say finally is shutting up. Now let's have fun. And there you go. You're back, back to square one. And again, you prove to yourself you're a failure. Mm. And so it's, it's weird. It's very weird. And I've got many, we all have got these core beliefs and they're often laid down very early in our lives. That might be, might have to do with the way you have, you, your mum talked to you or said something to you and uh, the way someone looked at you, uh, the way, uh, I don't know. Um, you, sometimes you, you make them up yourself. Um, I speak to so many women on my show who have had, um, who've, have become people pleasers um, because they figured out that maybe they, by pleasing their mommy and daddy who have been fighting and rowing every day of their life, maybe they could, mm -hmm. they could maybe do something. 
or other other women tell me, "Well, yeah, okay, it is. I'm 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 the cause why the the marriage of my parents failed," and that's typically mm-hmm. bullshit. But there is this core belief there, okay, and mm-hmm. it's oh god, we are all screwed up as far as these core beliefs are concerned. Very few of us actually explore them and turn them around. So, am I a failure? I guess I've failed many times. Fair call. I have done things that I'm not proud of. But mm-hmm. actually, the past does not equal the future. That is the core principle by which I live. Yes, I've fucked up so many times in the past. But that does not mean to say that today, uh, given the same circumstances, I will act exactly the same way. No. I will take control. I am a different person nowadays. And that comes with the freedom, a choice, a privilege, how to make a different decision, how to to behave differently, given the same triggers, given the same everything. So this is beautiful. Mm -hmm. This is pure freedom. This is pure power. And once you reach that level, then you have changed from survivor to thriver, actually. There's, you're, you're, you're no longer a victim. Victim was a long time ago. But th- for mm-hmm. a certain time, you only sort of, you still lick your wounds and you try to find yourself that survivor. And then when you come to a point where you truly say, okay, the past does not equal the future and let's get on with our life and let's use the negativity and the darkness of the past to actually drive us forward into a direction that we choose. Now, then miracles happen. Then you choose to take actions that will propel you towards a future that is so worthwhile living that alcohol or any kind of other uh, addictive behavior has no more role to play. Would I like to, would I like to, to get drunk? From now on, then I got, I got sort of visions, but visions of, of, shall I say that? I would love to have a nice glass of wine with certain food. And I would like to celebrate that wine in a beautiful crystal glass. Um, and I could see the condensation, condensation. I could feel uh, or taste the, the alcohol. I get these kind of visions. This would really be nice. Or uh, you're beaming from, from Italy, a nice limoncello or, or a nice, um, you know, a nice Italian liquor, um, with, uh, uh some Italian food. Oh, yes, please. But guess mm-hmm. what? Guess what? That bottle of limoncello would be gone uh, within a short period of time. And right. I would feel crap the next day, physically as well as mentally. Uh, so, no, no, it's not worth it for me, honestly. So, therefore, if I get tempted, I just have to think, oh, God, uh, all those beautiful things that I do every day, I wouldn't be able to do them. I wouldn't be able to turn up my eight o'clock in the morning um, to a show with you um, if I'm hungover like a bear. Uh, no, 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 no. Right. With a headache, shall I say. Right. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I love my life. And that is that is what happens when you start healing. But healing doesn't happen by accident. You need to address the splinters. You have just run through a bush with lots of thorns. And that's your life. And now it's time to actually stay still look at your arms okay there are five prickles in there which start to fester well okay one at a time start with one prickle pull it out clean that wound and then it's time to move to the next one and that's just as much as this healing is is happening 
and then unfortunately it doesn't take it doesn't take five minutes to heal from an episode of crap in your life it might right. take actually it might take days weeks months once you've got the awareness and but luckily you're not the only one so here we are. I assume that all of your listeners are listening in because they've gone through shit in their life and they now want to learn from from idiots like me who have been even in more shit than them. <laughs> well, how the hell did he get himself out of that? I'll tell you, it is, it's not a secret. Um, it is uh, the, the opposite to mental health problems and the opposite to addiction is connection. So you are you have taken the first step, guys. You're listening here to Marquis, and it is a that is the first step of connection. You're you're aware of your your emotions. You're aware of listening to that, and that allows you to now change. In fact, you have changed already by listening to us. So mm -hmm. congratulations, you have done the first step. So now the question is, okay, what's the next step? And that will be dependent upon your your own story and your own your own unique combination of traumas and suffering. The, the next step for you might be that you actually say, wow, okay, I've been so low in my mood. I feel so crap. Maybe the, the next step would be that to go to your GP, to your family physician. And, mm -hmm. and you don't need to open up about all your trauma, but you can say, look, I feel really, really crap and I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Um, would you mind? Can, can we have a talk? And very likely is he will listen or she will listen to you and then we'll maybe run a series of blood tests to just sort of see, you know, how is the rest of you actually ticking? And mm -hmm. f as a woman, it would not be unusual that you turn out to have lost a lot of blood during, due to heavy periods or whatever it is. Maybe your nutrition wasn't so great. You have got an iron deficiency anemia. Um, and you feel crap. Your mood is low. There's no energy. Well, guess what? By actually addressing that, uh, three months later, you are a new woman. Ta da So it had nothing to do with, with the need for you to do therapy or anything like that. It might have been just a very biological reason that you felt like crap. So let's rule those mm -hmm. things out. So that might be the first step. And chances are, no, there will not be a magic, uh, magic cure, but, um, you will have the, the, the calmness, uh, the peace of mind that there is not something nasty sitting in you and you can now yeah. move forward. Okay. There's nothing easy to fix. Or there might be something, let's fix it. And then what's next? Why am I so sad? Why am I so triggered? What is happening? And with that, you might then choose to actually change your, your habits a bit. That's, I, I've written a book called My Steps to Sobriety. And in that, I, I talk about my own journey, which was facilitated by a 12-step program. But I'm not religious. So it was, it, I used it as a, as a, Example of a failing business. Imagine mm. you and, and, um, your close friend, you're both in the same industry. Let's say you have a restaurant, both, and your restaurant is brimming every night. And in him, there's a few tumbleweeds rolling through. And one day he might come to you and say, well, hey, look, you know, what are you doing? What, what you know, how can you be so successful? And I'm barely surviving. What would you do as a friend? You would probably go across and one day and, and just, sit down um, as a guest and have a look at the menu, order a few things, observe what's going on, 
uh, taste his food and maybe go behind the scenes and do an in-depth inventory and look around what is happening, um, look at the, the standard operating procedures, things like that. And then you might figure out, okay, no one is ever buying half of your menu. So throw the old things out that don't serve you anymore and then right. bring maybe some new things in. Give it out there a lick of paint, uh, change the attitude of your staff. There might be things that you improve. So you put new habits into place and then you make amends. You basically go to your, to your key customers and to your, to, to your, to the people who often visited you and say, Hey guys, really sorry. We, we were not really, we dropped the ball a bit, but we are under same management, but new, mm. new breath of life. And come on, check our new menu out. And if you come back, then 30% off your first main meal or something like that. And then you suddenly get more visitors and things are going well. You put a quality assurance program in and make sure that you're heading the right way. And you keep, keep tap on what is actually occurring. And down the line, both restaurants uh, are busy as, and your mm. friend will have had uh, such a ball and says, wow, I've had such a learning curve. Guess what? I'm now putting a podcast out there, how to help failing restaurateurs or people who are, are failing in their things. Wow. So you come full circle from asking for help to providing help. What mm -hmm. I've just described to you is a 12-step program. It makes perfect and sense in the failing business. Well, that can be found in your book. Exactly. Exactly right. So that's what I'm talking about. So, And that's about half of the book. Half of the book is the journey, uh, how I got sober, and I translate the 12-step program into a language maybe that's easier to be understood and, and principles that are easier to be understood and with, with clear action plans and how you can basically attack each of these, these steps in a sensible way. But then that is only the start. That's the, the my steps to sobriety. But guess what? You get sober, then what? <laughs> that should be a movement. I'm sober, now what? And that's where that's where um, the life really begins. Because now you have an empty shell. You've got an empty canvas. This is your painting. You can design your new life the way you want to. And mm. that's then where the cool shit happens. Because you know, sooner or later, there will be maybe a toxic person that comes into your life, maybe in the workplace or maybe, God forbid, in a relationship. Well, you need to recognize that and you need to learn how to deal with these kind of things. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. So it's predictable. So just as much as you know that you probably want to have a spare tire in the car, well, you know, you might as well have a spare tire of knowing how to deal with assholes in your life. So that might be something. Learn how to deal with assholes. Bingo. Mm -hmm. The next thing is you might actually learn a bit about nutrition. You might actually say, you know what, maybe I'm, I'm my worst enemy here because I'm actually not eating so well and my sugar fixes, um, they make me feel crap half an hour later. Maybe you learn a bit more about that and learn about ways where your nutrition can help you with your mood. If mood swings are an issue, maybe if you eat shit all day long, no surprise that your mood swings to high heaven and to the most brutal lows, because that's what your blood sugar does. So maybe you look at that. Maybe you look at waves of sadness, or shall I call it depression? Because one in three, one in four of us will suffer depression in our lifetime. Maybe wouldn't it be good that you know a little bit more about it? So you start learning. 
and you learn facts and knowledge, but you also learn skills. Like, for example, if you know that you're an extremely anxious person, wouldn't it be cool if you learn ways how to switch the anxiety off? Well, that would be a superpower, okay? And I, I have learned such ways. Um, breathing, certain breathing techniques, um, combined with maybe self-hypnosis that you could learn or with meditation, certain, certain techniques that switch off the anxiety, um, can be extremely powerful. Having said that, I mean, often enough, if I get an anxiety attack, I'll just accept it for what it is. It's a message from my body. So emotions are messages from your body. So if I get an anxiety attack, chances are I just need to think of HALT, H-A-L-T. Am I hungry, angry, lonely, tired? Hungry? Well, have I eaten actually something or am I dehydrated like hell? No surprise, your body's in fight and flight mode just by the sheer fact, hey man, if you don't drink something, then um, you're going to die in 24 hours in a hot climate. Um, so there are some powerful messages from your body. And often enough, you run around dry like crisps. So make sure your water intake is good. And drink a big glass of water right now. Boom, down. And you suddenly you realize, huh, where's this anxiety gone? And it was as simple as that. Have you eaten something? And maybe have you eaten shit? Or have you actually eaten something nutritious? Uh, would that be something that releases the blood sugar a bit more slowly and give you a bit more energy? Um, over a few hours. And that would probably be better than, than the muffin um, that is uh, begging to be eaten in front of you. So again, mm-hmm. you, you start taking control and by either accepting emotions as they are, that they're messengers, and you learn from them and just let those waves wash over you, um, or actually learning how to prevent them. There might be mm-hmm. times that you want to switch them off. And that could be a, for me, a, a, a certain breathing technique that, uh, I've learned and mastered. Um, I have done that and it's amazing. I can, uh, there are moments when I indeed with one breath, I've switched off my mood. Uh, and that is mm-hmm. a powerful thing to do, but that takes, that all takes practice. So you, there's nothing, no quick fix there, but there is a series of decisions over a day. And over days, over weeks, over months that lead mm-hmm. you to become a new being. And that is mind blowing. That new being, that new being is truly a superhuman because you have conquered so many of your own demons. It's no longer funny. There is no soldier on the battlefield who has achieved anything as, as powerful as fighting their own demons inside. Okay. That is a given. Mm-hmm. And if you align yourself with people who have been there, done that, and who have gone out there to do that, people like Marquis, people like me, um, find more of this tribe of, of thrivers, of people who want to make this world a different place by changing themselves, learning to love themselves, learning to be authentic, showing integrity showing humility, those things that really were cliches for me when I was in my addiction. And these are now core issues by which I live, which which define me. That is beautiful. 
And it's, it is not a magic. It is just the series of steps that you take. We all have got the same amount of seconds in a day. And some of us just choose to fill each day with at least a few steps that lead us towards a new us. And right. we, I invite you guys to come onto this journey. This is a journey of, of self-love and this journey of discovery. It's a very meandering path. You never know what's around the next corner. There might be more trauma waiting, but the trauma comes for a reason. Maybe you haven't, haven't learned a lesson yet, and it's time that you relearn it. <laughs> I know I was stubborn. <laughs> Let me make this right. mistake five or six times just to be sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So yeah, in nutshell, the past does not equal the future, guys. Come along on a on a ride, and I can't wait to meet a new meet the new you. It will be an amazing person. Well, that was nothing short of amazing. Everything that you've been through and how you are able to transform, you know, your experiences, um, bring awareness to certain areas. That all of that is a lot of experience you have there, uh, Doctor Stefan. That I feel that a lot of people will gravitate to you because of that. Um, I thank you so much for making your time available uh, today to even have this conversation because I feel like the more that we make these conversations normal, you know, that it, no one feels afraid to be able to have these conversations, right? If we make them normal and everybody hears them. So um, he has a podcast, My Steps to Sobriety. He also has uh, his book, My Steps to Sobriety, which everybody needs to go out and, and uh, take a gander at. And <laughs> You have a website as well. I have my, uh, again uh, my steps to sobriety dot com. Having said that, with a WordPress update recently, um, the, the way I built the website, it doesn't like it. So at the moment, you get a fatal error message, and and I'm working hard on on behind the scenes to get my website back up. Uh, but hopefully, by the I mean uh, by the time this recording is out there, yes, guys, go there my steps to sobriety dot com, and it's you find a lot of things there, including including some of the projects I'm involved in now, new books I'm writing, new, uh, new, new adventures, so to speak. And for some of these adventures, you may wish to come along for a ride. So, yes, this is a beautiful journey. And guys, get connected. If it is not with me or with my kids, go out there and find your tribe. Find your tribe of people. Uh, find your, your power team where you are the dumbest member of the team. Okay? People, mm -hmm. surround yourself with people who are displaying those virtues that you are aspiring to that you would love to have find them and learn from them that is the best way forward and they hold you accountable and it's a beautiful life so come on come on for the ride <laughs> well words well said um, i really appreciate you making your time available uh, dr stefan it was a great time you dropped a lot of knowledge in a session and i'm quite sure a lot of people are gonna have to maybe replay it and say oh man you know and but like i said we as we said in the beginning as long as we can touch one listener out there um anybody out there just to know you know you're not alone um and that we all go through the same struggles all the time so we thank you on flipping your podcast dr Stephen, for coming out it was a great time great conversation with you and uh we'll include everything uh, all your information in, in our show notes when this episode is released so you all can go go out and find uh, more of this man because this man is brilliant as you all can see he has a lot of knowledge a lot of experience and the only way that we won't make those 
eras, you know, maybe we can learn from his mistakes. He said he made a lot of mistakes, but he's learned from them. And that's all that matters most, man. Mm-hmm. It's all that matters most. So for our young listeners, our older listeners, all of our listeners out there, go on and check out Dr. Stephanie. This is another great episode of Flavor in Your Ear podcast. And we will catch you all on the next one. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Please leave an honest review, subscribe, and share. Listen to us on all platforms. Follow us and ask questions on Twitter at Marquis Podcast Mailbag. Follow us on IG at Flavor In Your Ear Podcast. And like our Facebook page, Flavor In Your Ear Podcast. For exclusive content, info, special offers, and free entry into our monthly giveaways, send your email address to flavorinyourear247 at gmail.com to join our email list. If you're anxious, we have a snippet following our next episode's topic. Peace and love.